My name is Dr. Tram Jones, and since 2019, my wife and I have been living in Haiti. This is the story of our life there and the patients we've seen. In many countries in the Western Hemisphere, there are occasionally rolling blackouts. Even in the United States, in Texas, during a recent storm, there were days without power. I remember when I lived in the United States and we lost power, it was a huge deal. If it was summer, this meant a night of sweating. If it was winter, we would have trouble staying warm. In Haiti, we have the reverse issue. While rolling blackouts might imply that you lose power for a few hours every couple days, in Haiti, we really only ever have power for a few hours every couple days. Many zones don't have power, period. Out of 219 countries, Haiti is seventh from the bottom in regards to electricity produced per citizen. Today I want to talk about how Haitians, and by extension, myself and my wife, have adapted to these issues. We knew this would be the case before we moved to Haiti. Once we had settled on a house to rent, we set about finding a person who could install a power system in our house. We settled on David, a missionary who had been in Haiti for 20 years and who installs electrical systems as a side gig. Now, our power system is intense, but let me walk you through it. Our first purchase was a diesel generator. This sits in our front yard, and I've constructed a little tin roof to protect it from the tropical rains. In addition to this, we have 12 solar panels on the roof. Over the past decade, the price for solar panels has dropped so much that families that have any means are increasingly buying them here in Haiti. Our last input is an electrical line that runs out to the road and can get city power whenever they are nice enough to give it to us. All three of these inputs then run to a machine called an inverter, that allows the power to go to our house or charge up our batteries. And speaking of batteries, let's take a moment to unpack that. At first glance, our bathroom appears to be normal. There's a tub, a vanity, a towel rack, etc., etc. Nothing to see there. But go around the wall, and it looks like the setup for the Unabomber. We have 24 car batteries hooked up to the inverter, ready to take a charge. And each day, we switch between power sources. During the day, we charge up our batteries from our solar panels. If it's a cloudy day, we might have to top it off with some generator power. And then we have that golden few hours every few days when the city decides to give us power. We've hooked up a light in the front yard that is connected to the wire for city power. This immediately lets us know that we are getting full-on current. Every time we receive city electricity, the yard lights up and we all celebrate. We use each of these sources with the goal of having enough charge in our batteries to make it through the night, particularly with the air conditioning unit that is in our bathroom. For the first half of 2020, we would run out of power in the middle of essentially every night around 2 in the morning. I would have to get up, fiddle with the inverter in an attempt to give us enough power to have two fans to last us till daybreak. Last July, though, we finally downsized our air conditioning unit in our room, and it uses enough less power that we can make it all the way till morning with a cool room. Now we can reliably have power through the night. Now setting aside our own little setup, Power in Haiti is a hot topic. Our current president ran on a platform to provide electricity 24-7 across the country. Now, this has obviously not happened, but this continues to be a big issue. Now, first of all, power in Haiti is very dependent on where you live. The city of Port-au-Prince was built in a wide valley. Over the years, to escape the insufferable heat of the city, the wealthy slowly started migrating up the mountain on one of the sides to a suburb called Pechenville. This accelerated and accelerated up until today. Now, people know their social standing based on how far up the mountain they are. 
And unsurprisingly, the wealthier areas get more power. In our suburb, we're about a half mile on the other side of the river from Port-au-Prince, about as far from Pechenville as you can get. At night, on the roof, you can look up at the lights and the electricity up on the mountain, and the only electricity around us is the occasional glow from houses with solar panels. It's a very visible reminder of the gap between the rich and the poor in Haiti. Power is also used as an opiate for the masses. There are persistent, probably true, rumors that when a particularly gang-ridden area of the city is acting up, the government will send power for a couple days to appease them. This allows them to party and watch TV and generally stop causing problems. Secondly, one must understand that what Haitians pay for power is well below what it takes to produce electricity. Now, this might sound nice in a poor country where people can't pay, but it really means that the government has to use taxes to subsidize electricity. And it also means that the government has no incentive to produce more power because each watt it produces, they lose money. And every dollar spent on electricity, which is really more of a luxury for the wealthy right now, is a dollar not spent on education or health. The billing system for electricity is a mess. More than 60% of customers have simply connected wires to the power lines without a meter and get their power for free. Even for those that do have a meter, there's no postal service in all of Haiti, so there's no good way to send bills to customers. Once every couple months, I'll send someone to the local electricity company and pay an arbitrary amount. There does not appear to be any clear logic as to what that amount will be. I kind of consider it as a donation. I'll choose between $50 and $100 and hand it over. The company is not organized enough to be able to shut off power, so I've known friends who have not paid their meter for five years, and then when they finally want to sell their home, they have to go and pay thousands of dollars to the office. All of this means that the government prefers to have citizens just figure out electricity on their own. Third is something that us Americans have almost certainly never thought about. The electrical system is erratic and not standardized. Voltage, which is usually very stable in the U.S., varies widely when the city gives us power. At the clinic, we have to have stabilizers that will regulate this so that our laboratory equipment doesn't get fried. At my house, only a portion of the power we receive is stable enough for us to charge our batteries. The voltage is often off the scale or, on the other side, well below any reasonable level. If this flowed into our house, it would slowly cook our devices. Lastly, getting connected to the power grid is hard. The power line to our meter broke last year. Several times a week, for two months, we visited the electrical office to try to convince a repairman to come out and connect us. In another instance, my driver had to wait five months just to have his house connected to the grid. And I know what the issue is. Because so little money is made by the electrical company, the employees are either not paid or paid very erratically. Eventually, I had to pay an off-duty worker to come out on a Saturday to get us hooked up. No wonder citizens just run a wire to get power illegally. Haiti makes you come to appreciate the little things in life. Outside of a snowstorm, I honestly never thought about how power got to my light bulbs in Georgia. It just happened. In the U.S., these issues are handled behind the scenes. And I can guarantee that almost no one is grateful for the steadiness of voltage in the U.S. But in Haiti, you are appreciative every day that that little light comes on in the front yard providing city power. Now when I visit the United States, I marvel at the ease with which I can turn on an air conditioner or a blender. Just think about it next time you flip on the switch. And when you see someone from your local power company, take the time to thank them for what they do. Thank you for listening. 
Every Wednesday morning, we publish a new narrative from life here. We would like you to know that we are simply telling stories as we have seen them in Haiti. But Haiti is a fascinating country with a fascinating history. And there are many Haitian voices that can tell the story of Haiti in all its facets, and we encourage you to seek them out. As we made this episode, some names have been changed to protect confidentiality. If you enjoyed the show, tell your friends or give us a rating wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you and God bless.